Sweet. All right, let's get some room tone. <coughs> I said room tone. That is room tone. I live in a color award. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. It's time for a bu- 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 bonus episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to You Activate My Podcast, the weekly Yu Gi Oh! recap podcast. I'm Tyler. I'm Jimmy. And this week, we are doing a bu- 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 bonus episode uh, from the original series. I literally I forgot the name of the episode as soon as I said <laughs> bonus. Uh, Jimmy, this week, you sent me an episode from the original series titled The Four Game Masters Finally Move Out. Yep, this Which, is season zero, episode eight, I believe. Uh, eight sounds right. Yeah, so it's it's in between uh, where we last had a bonus episode. Where, well, did we do the the yo yo episode? That was a bonus we did. Yeah, we already did the the yo yo episode. That feels like a dream to me for some reason. I think I just loved a horrible that so fever much. dream. Uh, so it's in between the yo yo episode and then I just had the... this crazy dream. Uh, I got a migraine and I passed out and then. I just had this dream that Yugi was using yo-yos as a weapon, and he hit a guy in the face. And then <laughs> J- Joey walked the dog onto a guy's fingers. Man, it was crazy. I mean, I've had weirder dreams. That seems yeah. that seems up there. Uh, this is in between that episode and then the episode where we meet Kaiba, and they have a dual monsters duel, uh, which mm-hmm. I think is like episode three, whereas the yo-yo episode is after this one. Yep, this that one is episode nine. Okay. Uh, and, you know, I got to say, when I read the title, The Four Game Masters Finally Move Out, I thought it was about, like, Yugi's shitty roommates and how he finally gets <laughs> rid of them. <laughs> All right, Tristan and Joey, get out of here. <laughs> you too, Doug. I see you there. <laughs> His secret third roommate, Dougie. <laughs> uh, but actually, the official summary of this episode His is... His brother, Doug Moto. Oh, God. <laughs> That's the unsung uh, sort of underdog of the series is Doug Moto. It's just a, a like a fat guy sitting in the corner, but he still has like Yugi's family's hair. He's right. just sitting on a, a beanbag chair eating chips, and Yugi's just like, <laughs> "Get out of here." Doug Moto Except is it- actually in every episode. He's just been edited out in the translation because they didn't know how to explain it. <laughs> they just hate his character, and they should because screw Doug. Nobody but somehow, likes Doug Moto. somehow they left in Weevil Underwood, so I don't know. <laughs> uh, the official summary of this episode is Yugi is kidnapped by Kaiba and forced to duel the first of his four game masters, Count Ridley Sheldon, who has a strong obsession with dolls. Can Yugi defeat his doll monsters? Jimmy, I got about half of that synopsis from watching the episode. I think half of that came through. Yeah, it's uh, it's not what you'd expect, but it is a very familiar. 
Are you get? Are you texting during the episode? No, someone te- texted me. Ah, I see. Uh huh. A likely excuse. Uh, <laughs> it's it's very like because we get dual monsters again. We get like some familiar Yu Gi Oh like beats. Yeah, but and I I think this may just be like a translation issue. Genuinely, like half of the things in that summary, I did not understand. It's kind of like a funhouse mirror of a regular Yu-Gi-Oh! episode. It is. It has dual monsters. It has Kaiba. Mm-hmm. It has Yugi's friends. Uh, but it's all like warped and weird and distorted and like kind of unsettling compared to like the the season that we're we just watched. Yeah. It's yeah, it's like they threw darts at a at a board and just kind of took whatever elements they landed on. Like, yeah, let's get some dolls. Let's get this Englishman. Let's get this, you know, uh, Kaiba's back. Uh, let's do that. Yeah, it's uh, uh, it's just a really weird take on. It's a season zero take on um, dual monsters. Yeah, it's a it's a much stranger and darker sort of game and show, and that comes but, through a lot in this episode. In its favor, it moves along at a fucking steady-ass clip, and I am here for it. Yeah, we do get duels in this episode, but man, it moves its butt along. We get multiple duels in this episode, is the thing, and it just like goes, 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 goes. It knows what it is as an episode, and it is trying to get it over with as quickly as possible. Yeah, this is one of those episodes where it acknowledges the fact that duel monsters is a game in this universe, but it doesn't, like, it's not the focus of the episode. It just happens to be the the flavor of the week. Right, exactly. It is It is the medium by which the story of Yu-Gi-Oh! is told. Yeah, it's not the point of the show, like, the actual, sh- like, main series. Right. Uh, okay, instead of talking about the episode, should we let's actually t- <laughs> talk about the episode? Yeah, let's do that. It's time to to, 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 to to talk about the episode. Hey. That was fast. Uh, all right. So this episode opens with potentially my favorite shot in all of Yu-Gi-Oh! Like, all of Yu-Gi-Oh! Because it opens with green-haired Kaiba staring out of his window. And it's like, I watched it earlier today, but it, I have this vague memory of it raining that may be apocryphal. But it's like very romantic sort of lighting, right? Like it's sunset, it's raining. He's sort of brooding out the window. uh, And in his mind's eye appears the visage of Yugi. And he's daydreaming about Yugi Moto and how he lost to Yugi uh, last they met. And we get a voiceover of Yugi talking about how he lost because he can feel grandpa's heart in the blue eyes, white dragon. And that is why the Blue Eyes White Dragon would not fight for Kaiba because it is Grandpa's best friend uh, and and great lover, and uh, his his heart is is in that goddamn monster. Yeah, this is not a Kaiba that has been mind crushed and had like the bad pieces of his soul like expunged from him. This is a Kaiba who got beaten by supernatural means and has sworn an oath of vengeance upon Yugi. And his magical bullshit. I I prefer this Kaiba. I like this Kaiba. 
and like this is the Kaiba also where you know we see Kaiba Land in uh, we saw Kaiba Land in season one, but this is the Kaiba that comes from Kaiba Land money, right? Like yeah, we start off with oh that's the kid who made his fortune uh, being the heir to a theme park family. And now, uh, in this episode, we get to see him throw his money around for completely frivolous pursuits uh, in the grand design of beating another kid at a card game. In an incredible way, too. Yeah. Uh, so he has, he has a great line to open the episode here. Uh, after Yugi's voiceover, he says, I will drive you... Pardon me, let me say it in his voice, because he, <laughs> like, he has like the Kaiba voice, but in Japanese, which is really yeah. interesting. I'll do it in my English Kaiba voice because I think I get that across a little bit better. Uh, he says, I will drive you to your knees with your loss. Game Shinato! Or what does he say? Game Shiteno! The time for you to show your powers has come. Uh, I had to look up what Shiteno means. Yeah, and... it's spelled, if you, if you write it out in English, it looks like shit now, <laughs> uh, which is not a great thing to type, but... What did you find? Uh, I googled it, and apparently it's also... Uh, all my results uh, came up with Sailor Moon information. Mm. But um, I had to dig a little deeper, and Shiteno uh, is a Buddhist concept that means four heavenly kings. But a more for this sort of uh, scenario, it's more akin to, like, Elite Four. Yeah, okay, the, I'm into the four, that. The four game masters who are the masters of, uh, just they're just the best at being uh, good at dual monsters, and they're like, on call, like lawyers to Kaiba. Yeah, okay, that makes a lot more sense, because the, the translation that you and I had translated everything but that phrase. Yeah. And so, so he says it, and then the next thing that happens is it, it reveals sort of the, the over-the-shoulder shot, and he's looking at a statue of some kind, and it looks yeah, like a... Yeah, it pans out. We get a wide shot of the room he's standing in, and he has uh-huh. these, like, golden statues of various monsters. And it's like... It's... it's I just saw your note here. It is like the Super Metroid, like, Bosch statue kind of thing. And when he says it... uh. Not its eyes, but like a third eye on this like gargoyle esque thing glows as if by response. So yeah. I expected the statue to come to life, and I'm like, oh shit, Kaiba's got magic now. But then the very next shot is Big Ben. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, what did we, or is this did we a different miss a part? Is this a different, like, I had to check. Am I watching the right episode? What's happening? Because I, I was like, are we in England now? Is this, did Yu-Gi-Oh finally come to me? Uh, and the only the only true sign that, yes, indeed, Yu-Gi-Oh has come to England is that there is a shot of, like, this big mansion with a big lawn and two separate sort of regal-esque formal uh like string quartets start playing simultaneously very very fancy ass garden party like generic sort of music and they and they cut back and forth between these two very different songs uh and yes we are in england now yeah i want to point out that the establishing shot 
showing Big Ben in the foreground has uh, the famous clock tower, but then behind it, all of London is just a bunch of like fancy cathedral-style buildings popping up out of this, this like this verdant green f- grass and forest land. Yes, just stretching off into the distance. That is that is accurate. That's definitely what it looks like now, and that's how he could afford a house in. I don't know, fucking Soho or whatever it is. <laughs> uh, it almost has a sort of like a post-apocalyptic feel to it. Mm, yes. You know, when you see like ruined cities covered in like trees and grassland and stuff, it's like the apocalypse was inhabited, inhabited entirely by people who really like gardening and like did all the proper maintenance to keep their buildings functional. And then like all the streets and avenues are literally just these like greenways. See, that's my theory for the setting of Animal Crossing. Is it's all just post-apocalyptic and everyone who survived is a half-animal person that likes gardening? <laughs> it's a mutated animal. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. I think that's how it will go down. I don't know. Uh, but we're introduced to a new character whose name, I will point out, is not the name, <laughs> the name that we are given in the summary no <laughs> the name both in how they say it and how the translators we had spelled it is baron dittery sheldon <sighs> not baron ripley sheldon ridley sheldon pardon me it's baron dittery sheldon <laughs> baron dittery doc the clockmaster. <laughs> time wizard uh, time wizard so baron sheldon is hosting Bazinga. a tea party oh my god that's <laughs> that's the sequel to young sheldon right as it goes to after he gets knighted it's baron sheldon yeah uh <laughs> so he, baron sheldon is hosting a tea party uh he, baron sheldon is this like late middle-aged i'd say guy his hair is kind of he has a mustache and like a thick crop of hair, and I do want to point out he has a rose-tinted monocle. He does, which I think is like, I mean, okay, looking through the world with rose-colored glasses or whatever, is that just like the incredibly posh way of doing it? Yeah, this is an incredible villain power move. Ooh. He looks at the world, uh, the world is not half full or half empty, it's like half of both. He's got like one, it. instead of looking at the world through rose-colored glasses, he's got one rose-colored glass and one eye to see the world as it is. <laughs> I'm just picturing him sort of looking around being like, oh my, oh my. Oh, good heavens. Uh, and so, uh, yeah. So I'll let you like, do all the British voices in this episode. Oh, good you. heavens. <laughs> uh, and uh, he, he, he's sort of looking around. He's holding. He's this grown-ass man. He's got, like, white hair, like you said, a big bushy mustache. And he's holding an American Girl doll. Basically, yeah. Uh, named, as we will learn later, Fiona. It's a, Brit- a, uh, a British girl doll in this universe. <laughs> Not American yeah. girl. Yeah, that's true. Because so far in the original series, America does not exist. Yeah. Uh, a uh, you know they're they're sort of surveying the grounds. People are milling about and and having a nice little tea party. And he's like, oh, oh, Fiona, shall we treat our guests to another treat? Hmm? Why don't I treat everyone to my household's special biscuit? <laughs> what? What? 
Oi, Pip Pip Cheerio. And uh, I... Do you think he's related to Bakura? I mean, he's got white hair. Yeah, they've kind of got the same hair going on. It would make sense, honestly. It would it would fit within the world that we've been given that like he's he's maybe Bakura's like great uncle or something. Yeah, distant relative. Yeah, everyone in the UK is related to each other, right? I mean, they're all in the fucking Harry Potter movies, so they might as well be. <laughs> uh, a uh, a helicopter flies in before uh, uh, Sheldon can go get his special biscuit, uh, which is just a cookie here. Cookies or biscuits? Biscuits or cookies? Dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. <laughs> Some people will disagree with me. I realize as I say this that biscuits are in fact more sophisticated than cookies. They're fucking cookies. Uh, if, you, if you have an opinion about biscuits and cookies, sound off in the comments. <laughs> Smash that like button. Uh, helicopter flies in, pissing off Baron Dittery Sheldon. Uh, and it is Kaiba. Yeah, we see the the Kaiba Corp uh, logo on the side of this helicopter. Uh, it's not. It's disappointingly not shaped like a dragon. It's just a regular helicopter. Yeah, I was kind of bummed out by that. But it starts to land in the middle of his field, and all of the tables and all the fine china starts blowing away, and noticeably, all the guests fall over, and break apart, revealing that they're all dolls. I did not notice this. I must have been like looking down or like writing a note or something because this is news to me. There is a lingering shot for like five seconds when this woman falls over and her arm breaks off and she just stares blankly Fully ahead. Did not notice this. <laughs> uh, Everyone at the garden party is a doll. It's just Sheldon I, there. What I did notice is that Sheldon, uh, pardon me, Diddery Sheldon, uh, says to uh, his Let's just doll, call him Sheldon, says to his doll. Uh, Fiona, Kaiba-sama, Kaiba-sama <laughs> has finally summoned me. Oh, what, what? Uh, and uh, yeah, he like walks towards the helicopter. Back at school, <laughs> uh, at high school, Yugi and Miho are having a dual monsters duel. Now you remember Miho, Jimmy, don't you? Uh, everyone remembers Miho, our good friend Miho. Sir, who... not appearing in this film. <laughs> Uh, Miho, not in the book. Not in the book or in the other anime, who is created solely for this season to refer to herself in the third person. Yeah, Miho is essentially, for those of you who haven't listened to other bonus episodes, Miho is a girl, a a young girl, a classmate of Yugi and the gangs, uh, who has blue hair and exists to be shipped with other characters. Basically. She's sort of the fan service character. Yeah, she's kind of a dim bulb, and she only exists to like get gain the affection of mostly Tristan and uh, some of the other guys. But she usually doesn't have any like agency or characterization. Yeah, I think like because I knew people like this in high school. I think she's just like the girl that knows that she's cute, so she just uses that to not have to pay for anything or do anything or have responsibility, mm-hmm. which is like. A valid way to live your life, too. <laughs> but the show doesn't really go into that. That's just me projecting. Um, so uh, Yugi beats Miho at Duel Monsters. Uh, Miho cries because that's what she does. Uh, and it's her first time playing Duel Monsters. 
and Yugi is literally the king of games, so he cannot lose. Yeah. <laughs> this uh, little girl challenged this supernatural being to a game of skill and lost her first game and is sad about it. But also, like, I mean, I get it because it's, you know, her first game and you would imagine the king of games would, like, teach you how to play and not just wipe the floor with you. So she's up- upset for potentially a valid reason there. Yeah. Uh, but my favorite part about this scene is that then Tristan steps in and gets mad on behalf of Miho and like starts to like pick a fight for her honor. Uh, and he says, he says to Yugi, as beautification member, I will clean your dirtified soul. Because remember, in this world, Tristan is a member of the school beautification club. <laughs> he is 100% prep. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Uh and then and then comes a weird uh exchange that you had a better explanation of than I did. I don't fully understand. Joey tries to step in and like make fun of Tristan and then a bunch of jokes happen that were maybe not funny to anyone who doesn't speak Japanese. Yeah, I was trying to figure out what was going on in this scene. Um it's basically just a bunch of puns that only work in Japanese. Mm. Um, and all these words sound similar to each other. Uh, uh, Joey tells Tristan, all right, chill out janitor member. And Tristan says, no, I'm a beautification member. And Joey says, what's that? You're a squid member. And in Japanese squid sounds similar to beautification, I guess. Oh, okay. (laughs) I kept going back thinking I'd missed a section there, but that makes sense. And then... Tristan is like, just kind of leans into it and is like, yes, Joey, I, I'm a member swimming in the ocean with, like, super white and I have eight legs squirting, and I'm just, like, squirting ink around. And Joey's just like, what, you're a, a Mandarin member? Can, and that's also a another word that rhymes, basically, with Mandarin like orange. Yes, Mandarin like the, the fruit. And um, Tristan says, yes, I'm an orange full of vitamin C, and I'm super delicious. And then Joey's like, oh, all right, how long are you going to keep up this weird thing? Right. And Tristan gets mad. He's like, I'm doing it as long as it takes because you did this to me. <laughs> so Tristan's pulling a Captain America for puns. Yes. Could do this all day. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, Taya kind of, like, stands up for Yugi. She's just like, yeah, you know what? It's just a game. He doesn't have to apologize. Yugi kind of wants to apologize, but she keeps him from it because it doesn't matter, honestly. Yeah. Uh, the, the PA system, the tannoy, if you will, uh, dings and a woman's voice comes over the speaker and says, uh, that Yugi Moto should report to the infirmary. I like that they don't really give a reason. Like I expect it to be like the principal's office or something. Yeah. How often does somebody get called to the infirmary for no reason? Th- yeah. That sounds bad. Like, Yugimoto, please come to the infirmary. You have a disease. <laughs> it's time to take your pills, Yugi-kun. Uh, so he goes there, and... Yugi's sitting... being treated for thinking that he has an alternate personality. Oh, shit. That would be so good. That would be an incredible storyline where they're like, so, Yugi, we've heard from several people that um, you've been holding conversations with yourself, and... Uh, suddenly, you know, violent outbursts, that sort of thing. And you ripped a man's soul from his body. (laughs) 
and you're not in any trouble. We're here for you. Uh, but we just want to know uh, if you want to sit and talk for a while. And Yugi uh, is just like, no, it's okay. I really do have another person who lives in this uh, giant chain necklace. <laughs> Uh, but instead, in the infirmary, uh, sitting, uh, facing away from him is this woman with purple hair, uh, and she sort of turns and tells Yugi, uh, you're strong, aren't you, Yugi-kun? Which is guaranteed how several porns start. Yeah, this sexy uh, nurse, and she is a right. very sexy nurse, with, like, green eyes, too. She's not even dressed as a nurse, is the thing. She's dressed as, like... Like a businesswoman. Yeah, she's just she's, got like a, a nice suit on. Yeah, so there's, it's so unclear why this person would be here until later on uh, that I I have to believe that like Yugi never got the stranger danger talk. Yeah, because, he like, just if, accept this for what it is. Like, j- like okay, so I, I never had this experience, but say you got called into the the nurse's office at school right mm-hmm. for me the nurse's office was just like the drawer in the kitchen where we had b- band-aids and stuff uh but so you get called in the nurse's office someone who you have never met before in your life who is dressed in a purple suit with purple hair and has green eyes asks you if you're strong do you stay and talk with that person i mean I would get in trouble if I didn't, I think. Would you, though? But I would also get the feeling that, like, if I'm getting called to the specifically to the infirmary and there's someone asking me if I'm strong, it would be, it would be like a rhetorical question. And then the next words out of the mouth would be, uh, your parents just died or something along those lines. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah, okay. Yep. Anyway, so he, Yugi kind of like stumbles and is like, uh, I, uh, what? What are you and, talking about? Yeah. And remember and, that this is the Yugi who has the most tiny childlike voice. Yes. Th- that was jarring for me at first. I forgot that it was Yugi, like little girl Yugi voice, uh, which when you get too used to Yami Yugi in the American translation is v- incredibly different. <laughs> Uh, so she reveals that she's talking about duel monsters and she heard that he's pretty good. So she wants to challenge him to a duel. Sure. I'll play card games with this nurse who summoned me. So they do. And they just like grab a desk and sit down and start dueling. Yeah. Yugi that's is just what you do out. in the middle of a school day. Yeah. Yugi is weirded out by all this, but he's not going to say no. Uh, and then we get the first duel of the episode. Uh, Yugi does that thing where he explains the rules as he plays, which is helpful because we've really only seen duel monsters like once before in this whole series. Exactly. Uh, it's different from what we know as duel monsters in like season one, season two, because I mean, obviously it was made before duel monsters was like a real thing, like a, like a physical game you could play. It has some cool differences that I wish we'd kept, uh, like the battle map. Yeah, this is a version of Duel Monsters that we've talked about before. Uh, it has a like a a map that you play it on. It's like this gridded 
map that has the it's the field and each little grid space has different environmental types that affect how your monsters interact with each other and the world right so you're not just playing in that like okay this is your monster row this is the trap row uh you're playing on the physical board and then where you place the card actually has an effect on kind of what happens uh which i I always really appreciate in card games. Like that's a cool thing for me to think about. Okay. Not only do I have to figure out what card to play, but where to play it. Yeah. Uh, here. I mean, they, I feel like they explain it maybe a little bit too much. And the nurse actually calls Yugi out on it as he's explaining the game. She's like, you don't have to, I know how to play the game. It's fine. Like you don't have to say everything out loud as you're doing it. Like you can <laughs> just play. And uh, so they, so they do. So they, they duel and she's pretty good. Uh, the first round Yugi thinks that like he wins cause he plays a stronger monster. Uh, but she plays the chimera, which wins because apparently it's from a Greek myth and that is why it wins. The specifically it wins because Yugi plays his monster, which is like dark mammoth or something yep. uh, in a forest, but the chimera, uh, can breathe fire. And so it burns down the forest with the mammoth in it. And so the mammoth right. dies. This is going to be a theme for the whole episode where somebody's like, aha, but if you remember the myth about the chimera, it can do this thing. And that thing suddenly applies to the game. And now I am winning. Yeah. So uh, it's standard Yu-Gi-Oh procedure. <laughs> yeah, basically, basically. I think it's done a little bit better than standard Yu-Gi-Oh procedure in a way, because it's like, they're actually basing it on myths uh, other than just, like, you're not going to come up with a myth for Barrel Dragon, right? No. You're not going to be like, ah, yes, and the tales of yore about ba Barrel Dragon. Uh, but in this game, it's like, I play the Gorgon, and, and then you can go like, I, oh, I attack the Gorgon. And then you can say, no, uh, the Gorgon can turn your monsters to stone, that kind of thing. Right, exactly. Based on we the myths that these cards are based on. Right. And we get that pretty quickly afterwards, too, because they do this sort of montage of them dueling. We get a lot of like good paintings of the scenery and the cards and the, you know, what have you, the gameplay. Yeah. Uh, without having to watch every turn in painstaking detail. Every time they play a card, instead of having like holographic monsters attract each other, um, we just behind them, we see the, these nice paintings of the card art. Yeah, which I like, actually. I think I prefer this version in a way because it feels more... It feels more like a game to me. Yeah. Does that make more, sense? Less like a vehicle to ha just use these this holographic technology that right. is so crucial to the main series. Right, exactly, exactly. Uh, but we get a, mon uh, a montage, and she's clearly doing better than him at the game. Like, she's very confident he's kind of worried a little bit and we see flashes of their life points and his go down way faster than hers and then she plays a card called aphrodite like the goddess of of love uh and he goes are you serious aphrodite's like the weakest card ever yeah even, even i could beat, beat yeah uh and she goes well yeah sure that's what i play uh-huh uh which is obviously a trap into which he has fallen uh, because he plays a dragon card and swoops into attack, 
But then she actually takes that round because Aphrodite was born in the sea and there's a, a like a tsunami card at play and because yeah, she plays this like magical tsunami card and because I guess Aphrodite is like immune to that or she has like sea powers. It's not it's kind of vague what actually happens, but the point is that the the tsunami like wipes the field and takes out all of his monsters. Right. So before he can ask too many questions about it, the bell rings and Yugi's like, oh shit, class is starting. That's right. I'm still a student. Uh, and he's like picking up his cards. He's getting ready to go. And she stops him. And she says, because I won, I'll take this card. And straight up just boosts a card off of him. Uh, and she takes a neon knight straight out of his deck. Yeah, Neon Knight is just like a medieval knight, except he's got, I wouldn't say a lightsaber, but he has a sword that is glowing like neon green. He's got an oversized glow stick. Yeah. Which is a weird euphemism, but I'm going to stick with it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So after school, uh, oh no, pardon me, Uh, not after school, I skipped ahead. Uh, So he, he... leaves basically he's still kind of weirded out by that whole thing yeah he runs Uh, off to class and as soon as yugi leaves the woman's voice changes and this was a super cool part of the episode for me because it changes to our good friend baron dittery sheldon (laughs) yeah her her head like rotates on a swivel and he's and suddenly instead of the woman's voice it's uh young sheldon's voice and he says, Bazinga. No, he says, <laughs> are, you, are you kidding me? Uh, you brought me all the way out here just to uh, duel this like little child who just su- lost super bad. Uh, and then the lady slumps to the floor. And uh, behind her, we can see these strings hanging from the ceiling. She was a marionette the whole time. And out from behind something steps um, Sheldon. I mean, just the artistry of this, right? A, a marionette, a, light, a human-sized marionette that he was manipulating from somewhere with one of those, like, classic marionette, I don't know what you call them, like, control sticks, you know, like the, the two sticks in sort of an X formation. Yeah. So he had four strings to control this whole-ass person. Uh, with like fingers and a mouth and everything from somewhere. Uh, this is magic, right? It's definitely magic or some extremely advanced uh, puppeteering. This is like some Naruto bullshit. Yeah. It's that, uh, it's that, that anime trope where um, someone is controlling something with strings, but like the, all the strings are going everywhere and you never see what exactly they're attached to. Right. They're just super good at controlling marionettes. This guy is like a Batman villain. Yeah, he is He is the puppet master. Uh, and he's talking to somebody who reveals himself from behind the screen, Kaiba. Yep, Kaiba has just been like standing there behind a medical screen this whole time. Just creeping. Just hanging out. Uh, and Kaiba insists that he wants... Uh, Baron Dittery Sheldon to learn more about Yugi because, and he says, he has the face of an unbeatable game master. And the Baron's like, 
Really? <laughs> him? Yeah. And he's All like, right. He insists that no, you, you, the Yugi you fought was just a child, but he has another face. Yeah. So Kaiba's still convinced, like, no, 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 something's up. Uh, Sheldon isn't really having it, but Kaiba pays the bills. So there you go. Uh, now we cut to after school where uh, Yugi tells Taya that he has to go do something. And Taya starts telling him off for cheating grandpa out of all of his money at the game store. He's like, you are not going to the game store again. Uh, she tells him, you really need to stop taking advantage of grandpa that way. Like, yeah, quit wasting all him. your, quit wasting all your money at the arcade. Your grandpa is just a, a single grandpa working hard at his game store. He has a v- very little income and you're wasting all his money. That lunch money was for lunch, Yugi. <laughs> Uh, and he's like, no, 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 it's, I'm not going to do that. It's fine. I would never, I would never, I would never do that. This is different. And he runs off and he's like, actually, I just want to go to the arcade and play that new fighting game. Uh, (laughs) such a nineties thing. It's such a nineties thing. And we get this little like sort of daydream sequence of what he thinks the fighting game is going to be like, which is pretty fun. Uh, and he shows up at the arcade and is looking around and looking around and he can't find it. And the arcade, I do want to say is an incredibly 90s arcade and it made me very nostalgic for when that was still a thing you could go to. Oh yeah. Uh, they anim- they went to a lot of trouble animating like all the different screens and like the different games that you could play at this arcade and just random really kids did. in the background. The the artwork in this episode I think is on par if not better than some of the best in season 1. Oh yeah. Just for the sheer artistry of it. Uh, but so he's looking around and then this like, Yugi's looking for an F zero AX and, but can't find it. (laughs) And then it's like arcade attendant shows up. And I just want to point out this dude's pants are way too tight. Yeah. He's got very, very skinny legs and like one of an apron with like the game store thing on it. It's probably got some like tools and like arcade game fixing components in the pockets and he's wearing these brown cat like khakis basically right yeah and they are painted on to his butt <laughs> like you remember those memes when like they're talking about uh spider-man in infinity war versus uh captain marvel's costume and they're oh, yeah. like comparing tom holland's butt to brie larson's and they're like why is tom holland the new female superhero uh, just Why does Tom Holland have such a big round ass? <laughs> right. Which is a weird thing to be saying about a child. Um, but like that is what this is. This is the <laughs> most ass we have seen in Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> from this like rando. Well, not rando as we're going to learn. But from this seemingly rando uh, this, arcade like, attendant. Yeah, this NPC. Also, he has a terrible bowl cut. Yes, that is true. Uh, it takes a very particular kind of face to pull off that bowl cut. And this person is not doing it. Uh, and he asks, Hey, are you looking for anything? And Yugi goes, actually, yes. The new game. Ho-wink. Uh, and the guy says, Oh yeah. Yeah. It arrived today. You can be the first to play it. It's right this way. And so they go into this back, uh, passage and literally the back alleyway literally it's like then, yeah kid yeah. it's around the back <laughs> they open the door into like the alleyway and it's a very like like a dingy back alleyway of a business 
Speaking of Spider-Man, it's like where Spider-Man would beat up some thugs. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, and the attendant pushes him directly into the back of a black car. Yep. I think there's even a line in there where Yugi's like, hey, this isn't the arcade anymore. <laughs> and just like gets like shoved into the back of this car. There's a waiting uh, limousine that takes off. And uh, in the car is uh, he, he hears the voice of the woman from the infirmary, uh, which quickly changes to the voice of Baron Sheldon, who laughs and says uh, that they are kidnapping him, basically. He's just like, all right, here we go. We're going to go to the mansion of the dolls now. Yep, and the attendant is like pinning him down on the seat, and that dude takes off his face, and it was a mask. It was Kaiba the whole time. Bum, bum, bum. It's a very like... Um, uh, what's the name of the the series? That's Mission Impossible. You know the yes. mask that they use in Mission Impossible to yep. like perfectly imitate someone's face. It's like that. It's exactly that's what like all that. the Kaiba Corp money is going into. I mean, frankly, that's a better investment than these holographic dueling arenas. <laughs> but you know, say lovey. Uh, oh, I just found the line here. So Sheldon, when he reveals himself, says an excellent line to Yugi as they drive off. He goes. I will bring you to your knees in the mansion of the dolls. Which is terrifying. The mansion of dolls is literally what he calls it. Like, imagine having so many dolls that you call your house the mm. dollhouse. <laughs> the mansion of dolls. And he asks Yugi if Yugi will show him a shadow game. Uh, and then it fades to black and we get what I'm assuming is like a commercial break. Yeah. Uh, we come back from the commercial break and the mansion of dolls does what it says on the tin. It gives Yuki the creeps. Yeah. We get are... lots of these like slow unmoving shots of these doll bodies just around the room. Yeah. We never see the outside of the mansion of dolls, but, uh, inside is just like a room with like one beam of light over the table they're sitting at. And, all around the walls are these like Doctor Who villain esque, like person sized marionettes with these. They yeah. have blank eyes and like holes for mouths. They, they don't have any eyeballs. Fucking creepy. Uh, they look the like where... uh, Redeads. Oh, they do. That's exactly kind what of. they look like. To the point where Sheldon is like. Does something about this mansion of dolls displease you? <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, it does. It's the mansion of dolls. Of course think... it's going to displease this, like, six-year-old boy. <laughs> Thanks for asking, bud. I hate it. <laughs> Thanks, uh, I hate it. And then they duel because, of course, <laughs> that's, yep. that's what this whole thing has been about. Because that is... What happens in this show, apparently? Uh, Sheldon uh, lays down the battle mat and starts with Neon Knight, which is the card that the marionette nurse, it turns out, stole from Yugi earlier. And Yugi is instantly like, oh no, it's too powerful. I can't beat it. Yeah. Because that's the real secret to Duel Monsters. If we've learned anything from the last year of making this show, the real way to win at Duel Monsters is to just start with the most powerful thing. (laughs) Yeah, just... Bring, bring out your most powerful monster and attack instantly. Just don't play weak cards. 
just pay, play powerful cards. Seems pretty straightforward. Yeah. You know, if Yugi had kept Exodia, the series would have been a lot shorter. <laughs> I want to see, like, a supercut now of Yugi just playing Exodia in every duel and obliterating every opponent, just one-shotting everyone. <laughs> that would be a very different show. That would be One Punch Man, but with cards. Fuck, okay. I want to talk to you about One Punch Man, but we have to do that as a separate bonus episode. Okay. Uh so okay, so Sheldon has uh, some monster attack Yugi. I forget what he plays a, a different monster besides Neon Knight. Yeah, uh, and it attacks Yugi directly because Yugi's like, "No, I cannot beat Neon Knight. Neon Knight is my father. Uh, I will not lift a hand against him." Uh, and uh, the attack from this monster causes Yugi physical pain and forces him to the ground. Yeah, there's like a fire explosion, and it knocks him out of his seat. Yet somehow this is not yet a shadow game. I guess? Yeah. Is this... Are we doing the hologram thing now? Is this a, a spirit game? Is this... How does this... How does the card being played knock Yugi to the floor? Sheldon just whips out a flamethrower and hits Yugi in the face <laughs> with it. <laughs> It's the doll. It's the doll does it. Yeah, a doll bitch slaps Yugi. Ah, that'd be a much better episode. (laughs) Uh, So while he's on the ground, the Millennium Puzzle glows, and who should stand back up but Yami Yugi. Yugi. And the best goddamn music in this whole fucking series plays. You really Uh, love that music, don't you? I love this music. This music is everything that I want in a 90s theme. Like, this is like, we're the heroes. We're going to come save the day. Like, you could put this music to any show, and I will like that show. You could put this music to Dexter, and it would make Dexter bearable for me. It's very triumphant, like, synth music a lot of the music in this episode i thought was really cool very 90s 90s-esque synth wave yes it's a very like vapor wave sort of music uh but so yami yugi stands up and he just starts laying down cards right he's just like i'm gonna play this i'm gonna play that i'm gonna play this because somehow when he is the pharaoh the rules if there were any no longer apply. Uh, so he plays, let me see if I get this right. Shadow Man, <coughs> Death Wolf, Ghost. Just straight up Ghost. <laughs> uh, and then I I want to say he plays a fourth card, but I think that might be it. I don't because, remember. Because then uh, uh, Sheldon plays Flame Beetle or something which is just a giant beetle that shoots fire yeah it's king beetle and then uh he like goes to attack or somebody goes to attack and sheldon starts laughing at yugi he's like you played shadow man that monster is fucking useless in combat and yami's like ah shadow man is not for combat and shadow man takes it shadow man's a skeleton by the way shadow man takes a sword out this like curved sword stabs it into the ground and then a shadow erupts from this like fissure in the earth yeah these like ripples spread across the battlefield and just consume everything it's like the most anime 
thing that has happened so far because Yugi's like, Shadow Man's true purpose is spreading shadow across the field. <laughs> I will attack you from the dark. Uh, and it, it the whole field goes dark. Sheldon starts panicking. Uh, and then Yami Yugi plays a... Uh, does he play another card at this point? No, no, no. Uh, the shadow gives Death Wolf extra power because of of course death wolf thrives in shadow and so death wolf then kills neon knight and the neon sword clatters to the ground which is very dramatic i suppose but like this is this is the cool part and this is in your notes too i noticed uh the neon knight sword the like giant glow stick does light up in the dark which is actually a pretty cool look like this is the first time that you get the idea. Oh yeah, that guy's neon. Yep, he has. Because before this, he's just a knight. Yeah, he's just a very average-looking knight, but he does have a green flame neon sword, which is pretty good. Which is pretty. Good. Uh, Death Wolf also takes. When you're a off... level one player, but you find a good piece of loot. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> uh, Death Wolf also takes out Flame Beetle. Uh, but it is a bit of a struggle, Yugi notices. Death Wolf should have been able to take out Death Flame Beetle in one go, but it takes, like, a couple of sort of attacks. Yeah, Death Wolf, like, leaps onto the, the beetle and, like, is chewing. It's like a stag beetle, and mm-hmm. it starts, like, chewing on the horn that has been shooting flames this whole time, and it takes a bit, and Yugi is less, like... He has this creepy grin on his face as this titanic battle, like, flashes, and we see it reflected in his eyes and on his skin... And Death Wolf finally bites off the horn, uh, and the beetle explodes in this, like, nuclear cloud of flame. And Death Wolf lands in the foreground and howls as this explosion erupts behind him. Which is bad fucking ass. And, like, <laughs> that's, that is what we need in the holograms, right? Like, yeah. that is presumably the purpose of Kaiba's hologram dueling arena, and we never get that level of, uh, uh, like, animation. It is anime as hell, and... It's just so disappointing contrasting it to see uh, from the the main series, like, monster deaths because they just have that shitty Photoshop shatter effect. Right, exactly. Or, I mean, at best, we get that one scene where the fucking blue eyes white dragon bubbles uh, because Kaiba's hacking the mainframe, right? Like, that's the other version. But this has much, much better monster fights. Uh, so uh, the, the flames, the other thing that happens, and I still don't understand the metaphysics of this, the flames are also somehow real and they leave burn marks on Fiona, the doll that, uh, Sheldon's been holding this whole time. So Sheldon's like pissed off and he goes, ah, I will attack you. Uh, and he plays the gargoyle card, uh, which was my other favorite nineties television show. Uh, and, uh, the gargoyle attacks and Yugi plays the night soldier, which is kind of redundant, I guess. Yeah. I don't really know why that's, you could just pick one or the other, right? Yeah. It's just, and it just, it looks like a knight. It's a soldier who has been knighted by the queen of England. Right. It is a knight whose soldier's on, (laughs) uh, and so the the thing with Night Soldier is that Night Soldier has a sword. And that gives him an advantage. <laughs> no, no, no. This is the thing. This is the thing that Yugi spends like two full minutes explaining. He goes, ah, Night Soldier is a knight. 
and therefore Night Soldier has a sword. And because he has a sword, he has an advantage against foes who leap out at him, and the gargoyle is a leaping monster. Therefore, I have the advantage in this attack, even though I am on the defense. And we get this... I know, I was just laughing that the Night Soldier's special ability is, has a sword. (laughs) Right. I mean, it's kind of like, uh, you know, they put Joker in uh, in Smash, and his whole special ability is just gun. <laughs> it's the same kind of energy. Gun. Gun. He has sword. Uh, so Night Soldier has sword, uh, and should, Yugi explains, kill Gargoyle. But the Gargoyle attacks the Night Soldier and actually rends Night Soldier into three distinct pieces tearing him asunder in this like really good shot again it's a very sort of epic anime kill and yuki goes wait a second that shouldn't have happened something's fucky here something (laughs) i smell fuckery uh and he he's thinking and he's thinking and he, he looks around and he sees all the creepy dolls and he's like where are we we're the mansion of dolls do i know anything about mansion do dolls and then he thinks and he goes aha we are in the mansion of dolls this field that we're playing on is a doll field. The whole fucking thing gives dolls a power boost. And all of the monsters that the Baron has played so far are also dolls. Yeah, just like the fake woman who challenged Yugi to a duel, all of Baron's monster cards are also like also doll types. And, and because they're playing in his house this so far, because they're playing in his house, that gives them a power bonus. This is Jimmy wins three, I think. Yeah, de- it depends on where you play the game. Like depend, like if I challenge you to uh, a game and we happen to be like in a forest, all my creatures that have forest types get a bonus because we, the players, are also sitting in a forest. Right. So Jimmy wins three is it's if an you are at Jimmy's house, game. Jimmy wins. <laughs> yeah. If you're in my house. Uh, it's an ARG. Yeah. It gives me personally a power bonus. <laughs> because uh, I live here. Right. <laughs> So Yugi plays a magic card on Death Wolf. Once he figures this out, he, he figures he can play a magic card on Death Wolf. He doesn't say what the magic card is. He's just like, I play magic. Also, this is the first time we've ever even heard of doll-type cards. Right. The, li, nothing about anything that Sharon, uh, Sharon Sheldon has done, uh, that, that Baron Sheldon has done, uh, has said that these cards are doll-type cards. This is a new whole cloth brand new thing right a brand new concept that we're introduced to and yugi immediately knows because of course he is yami yugi he is the king of games he knows how to defeat it magic obviously obviously so he plays magic uh on death wolf armoring it up and uh it doesn't really armor it up he says armoring it up is the weird thing he's like i'm gonna make it like he's give it better defense basically but it doesn't do that. You're right. What does it do? Uh, he plays this magic card on the death wolf and the wolf howls. But then instead of howling, the howl changes to like this wave of destruction coming out. Mm-hmm. And because mm-hmm. all of Sheldon's cards are dolls, uh, what happens when you hit a doll with a shockwave? Uh, just like 
all of his house guests at the beginning of the show, uh, when they're hit with this destructive force, they just fall to pieces. It's the fucking, it's the, it's the X-Men 3 storm line when Storm <laughs> is like chasing down Toad and she's like, you know what happens when a Toad gets hit by lightning? And Toad's like, no, what? And Storm goes, same thing as everything else. <laughs> <laughs> and then lightning hits. <laughs> yeah, uh, this, um, this sonic boom ricochets out and all of the Baron's monsters just kind of fall to pieces and, and that's it that's Yugi the wins. end of the game hooray <laughs> so he ex- literally howls sheldon apart <laughs> right. uh that good good boy uh and good boy uh, doesn't yeah. woo and destroys dolls right <laughs> he he protect he attack <laughs> most importantly he awu uh so we cut to Baron Dittery Sheldon uh, walking outside in the rain, holding his precious Fiona Britain girl doll, uh, and uh, is is talking to her mm-hmm. about like, oh, oh my my poor child, I must get you fixed up. Uh, oh, and then he goes as they're walking away in the rain. He, he goes, "What? I'm an Englishman, but I forgot my umbrella." Next time for certain. <laughs> and then I guess now he just has to walk back to England. I think that's what's happening here. I think Kaiba's like, nope, it was a one-way ride. Well, but here's, okay, they're at the Mansion of Dolls. Is this his mansion in England? Or did Kaiba build a separate mansion for him? Did they fly Yugi to England? Did they fly Yugi to England? Or is... England, the same is England connected to Japan in this world, <laughs> or did Kaiba just build a house full of dolls? So, in the event that his game master wants to play a dual monsters game near him, he has a doll field to play in filled with horrible dolls. The world may never know because the next shot we get is Kaiba in some sort of a doll mansion. Uh, shouting at the window again. Yeah, he's again brooding at the window as the rain pours down outside. Uh, and he's he's shouting, "Next time, Yugi, you'll pay." And there's a flash of lightning. And then we cut to back at school the next day. Yeah, hey, what yeah, the- all right, happy times. What the hell did Yugi just like walk out and leave? What well, we I don't think get to so. see like the end of the duel besides Yugi winning. I think Sheldon walks to England and Yugi just like, I don't know, fucking calls an Uber or something. Hey, and he's back at school the next day. Like nothing happened. Thanks. No, thanks for kidnapping me, Kaiba. Uh, bye. I'm just going to walk out of this house now. Right. And like, how easy would it be for Yugi at this point to file a, a police complaint to be like, hey, this kid with green hair just kidnapped me. Yes, I have proof. Uh, if you go to such and such an address, you'll find Mansion of Dolls. You'll know it when you see it. One Mansion of Dolls Lane. And uh, yeah, probably a little bit of my blood is on the floor. So there you go. But I'm going to go to class now. See ya. Also, the the guy who kidnapped me is my classmate. So I'll be sitting next to him in third period. 
Right. If you need to find him, he'll be in algebra. <laughs> He's my lab partner. <laughs> uh, but I don't would be need the to... worst lab partner, by the way. But I don't need to know science. I have magic. Right. Uh, so we cut to school. Miho and Yugi are playing Duel Monsters again. And Yugi wins again because he hasn't learned his lesson. Uh, and Miho asks... She's, she's better about it this time. She doesn't cry. She asks for a rematch. And she says, if I lose, I'll give you a kiss. Because apparently all 90s anime have to be horny. Oh boy, smooching time. And all the boys freak out and they're like vying for position and they're all making kissy yeah, faces. Yeah, they're all fighting each other uh, for the right to combat Miho at... Uh, this next dual monsters game and they all have like heart eyes and they're all sticking their lips out. Which like, I think this is the one time where Miho's strategy kind of falls apart for me. And like, I I'm starting to think maybe she isn't the mastermind that I thought she was because if she really wanted to win, she'd be like, and if you lose, I'll give you a kiss. Right. Yeah. Like really giving Yugi a reason to let her win. But no, she's like, if I lose, and then they all start fighting. Uh, and then <laughs> and Taya then ends like, the episode. Yeah, she's like, what the fuck, you guys? Taya's like... shoves Duel Monsters cards in Yugi's face. Yeah, she just slaps him with a full deck of cards, and the cards scatter everywhere. And she's like, idiots, go kiss the game. And she storms off. And then everyone just kind of is shocked and stares at her, walking away in silence. And then everyone there is just like... <laughs> cut to black right it's a very like 90s sitcom sort of ending like i have expect a freeze frame yeah as everybody's sort of laughing uh yeah that's the episode just Ba-ba-ba-ba. like that it just ends. like that jimmy what was your favorite part of this episode god of kaiba and the creepy dolls yeah um i feel like just the concept was good I don't know how well they got there, but the idea that Kaiba keeps these like eccentric uh, millionaire game masters who have different skills like on retainer to mm-hmm. fight in duel monsters for him is extremely Kaiba uh, for one. And it's just like a cool idea. And now we have this like, like looking forward in the series. I don't know if we get to see them, but presumably at some point we'll see the other three uh uh Shiteno, the the three other right. game masters that Yugi has to duel before he beats uh before he becomes Pokemon champion and defeats Kaiba. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Yeah, the the concept is really good. I, I would have to say that's my favorite as well. Like the idea that Kaiba is so racked with guilt is like Fawn, or not guilt uh with like he he's, wants vengeance he's racked with anger yeah yeah I, I couldn't think of the right word but he's he's like swearing an oath of vengeance right and then that's one thing if you're like kid billionaire yeah but to have already hired four like grandmasters yeah who will who will drop everything at a moment's notice to fight in your petty battles is such a power move on his part that you can't help but like Kaiba in this version. Yeah, this is the best version of Kaiba we've seen so far, other than um, just him in general in the the main series. 
we don't get to see this very often. I mean, he's off doing his own thing, building his holographic system. But here he is a much more, he's a younger, more vengeful and petty Kaiba. Yes, that absolutely. suits him very well, and it's absolutely much it more true to his spirit in the the manga. Is this like malevolent child dictator? Yeah, yeah. I want to see. I want to see Kaiba Country, <laughs> Kaiba Land, the small island. Yeah, he's on his way to becoming Pegasus too. I mean, he has enforcers. Essentially, is what it is. Like that's. I'm convinced this is where they get the idea for the enforcers from. Probably. Under his kingdom. And we just don't get to delve into their uh, personalities very much, which is unfortunate because there's so much you can do with this concept that Kaiba just pays these weirdos who are extremely good, but also have like themed decks to do his dirty work for him. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe we'll get more of that in Battle City. I don't know. We're recording this before Battle City, just in case yeah. we release this after Battle City starts coming out. Anyway. I have no idea when this episode is going to come out, but... Me neither. Time, huh? Time wizard. Uh, what about your least favorite part? Uh, my least favorite part was, as usual, just the duels themselves. Usually, really? uh, in the Season Zero episodes we've seen... Uh, it's pretty good, but here the duels just kind of have no point. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they do kind of have a point, but it's like not as engaging as some of the other games that we've seen Yuki play. It's just yeah, dual monsters, uh, and the dual monsters here are the just flavor of the week. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I I I agree. I think like. Miley's favorite is that they don't explore some of the concepts they bring up. Like, there's a lot dropped in this episode, right? But they have to keep it moving at that pace. Yeah. Where, you know, when he's first playing against the marionette lady, she's like, oh, yes, well, because of Greek myth and so on and so forth, the Chimera can do this and uh, uh, Aphrodite can do that. Uh, but then they never come back to Greek myth. Yeah. I feel like... like- I really wanted the whole deck to be a Greek myth-themed deck. I feel like that'd be really good to delve into in regular Duel Monsters. The uh, idea that the cards are based on these actual ancient creatures and, Mm -hmm. like, demons and spirits and stuff. And so if you know about how this shit went down in history, it'll give you an edge in the game itself, the card game. Right. But we don't really get to see that. Maybe we will. No, the same kind of... Maybe we will, but the same kind of extended to, like... His use of like the marionette lady—that's the one time we see that, and that's it. Uh, you know, the the use of the the like I want to see more of the mansion of dolls, right? Yeah. What was but your because because it has to? Well, I mean, this this is my least favorite in a way. Is like because it has to go at at that pace, we don't get the exploration that I I so desperately crave. Yeah, this is a, a version of dual monsters that has some really interesting concepts, and then just kind of forgets them yeah for time constraint reasons yeah which i get i mean yeah you know it's just it's one a episode show. what was your favorite oh did i not say my favorite you did not uh, say your my, favorite my favorite shoot my favorite uh i i think is just how how throughout this whole episode we never like lose sight of what 
the show is. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like I, I already said like my least favorite is that it cuts along at this like clip, but it does that for my most favorite reason because it knows exactly what it is. It's like, all right, you're here for some magical bullshit. Let's give you magical bullshit. Rules, they don't matter. Uh, Yugi is a kid, and he's going to act like a kid here, and then he's going to act like a badass here, and then we're going to play some good music in between. And it's like, we know what this is about. Whereas in season one, it's like, all right, well, let's play with this for a while. Yeah. Okay, now let's play with that for a while. The characters, now let's make that a five-episode arc. The characters take a backseat in season one to the, the game. Just to right. really dive into the nitty gritty details, where here it's much more character focused and story focused. Right, exactly. Which is good. Yeah, I like it a lot. Do you have anything else you wanna you wanna talk about this episode? Nope that's the that's the episode. That's Kaiba and the creepy dolls. And then at there the it is. end, um, there's like one of those like teasers for upcoming episodes, so we do get to see. The yo-yo episode that we already talked mm-hmm. about. Um, hold on, I'm I'm scrubbing through it right now. Yeah, we're not doing these episodes, these bonus episodes, in any particular order, which I kind of like. I don't really feel like the the original series needs to be watched in any particular order. No, I mean maybe see the first episode first, just so you know who the characters are. But besides that, it doesn't really seem like there's a huge, like you know, plot reason to to watch it in order no there's no overarching there might be some overarching plot related to kaiba but most of the other episodes in season zero are just kind of one like monster of the week type stuff where it's like there's one thing that yugi has to deal with and then life goes back to normal and so the other which is fine episodes that are teased at the end of this one are uh, a treacherous woman teacher and then a capsule battle monster. Oh, yeah. Because we get the, to see... You know, the next one that I really want to watch is um, the Tamagotchi episode. Yeah? I really want to watch the Tamagotchi episode okay. at some point. Okay, I'll put it on the list. I'll find it again. Cool. All right. Well, uh, I think that'll do us for this episode. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, you can reach us at our website, heartofthe.cards. You can email us at youactivatedmypodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at yampod, Y-A-M-P-O-D. Uh, and that'll do us for this bonus episode. Uh, we'll be back probably next week. I don't know when this is dropping. We'll be back probably next week with an episode of some kind. Uh, and until next time. Bazinga. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't, don't you flip me off. <laughs>